Two weekends ago, Amy and I stood on the bank of Rich's Inlet under a tent erected on the grounds of the Figure Eight Island Yacht Club after a trumpet fanfare and a stately processional, 13 groomsmen on one side, 11 bridesmaids on the other. This was a big wedding. We stood toe-to-toe with my nephew, my brother's middle son, and his betrothed. It's the eighth family wedding Amy and I have had the privilege to officiate, and as we prepared for that holy happening, we asked, as we ask every bride and groom, Clark, why Haley? Haley, out of all the men in the world, why in the world Clark Dean? And we emphasized it just about that way. I've also been chosen. Amy says, out of all the men in the world, me. Of course, Amy Jacks had hardly been outside of Lawrence County, South Carolina, when she did her choosing. But I'm going to say that's beside the point. I'm sure that if she had sailed the seven seas, her choice would have been the same. Well, it's nice to be chosen. It's actually amazing to be chosen. It's a privilege to be chosen. Chosen. The word has a deeply biblical history. The whole story of the Hebrew Bible, the history of the Jewish people, can be charted as the story of God pointing out, picking out from among all the nations of the world, one man, old Abram, and promising to make of him a great nation. In that calling story recorded in Genesis 12, one of the oldest stories in the Bible, God calls Abram, and the words, the chosen people, were born. The nation was conceived. The privilege was granted. That is a powerful concept, if contentious. Not only has it been the heart of Jewish identity from its inception, it has been the source of controversy from the beginning until now. Controversy both within and without Judaism. All along the way, Israel's own prophets had to remind them, often scolding them, chastising them harshly, you have been chosen, but you have been blessed in order that you can be a blessing. It's not about elitism. There's no room for arrogance here. It's not all privilege. Being chosen comes with deep responsibility. The idea is so inspiring, so motivating, it was adopted by numerous New Testament writers who began to see Jesus as the new Moses, 12 disciples as the new tribes of Jacob, the followers of Jesus, the church as the new Israel, the new true chosen people. In the first letter of Peter, we read, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And the writer to the Ephesians says, just as God chose us before the foundation of the world, in love God predestined us to adoption. And Matthew's gospel has Jesus say, for many are called, but few are chosen. What does it mean to be chosen? The Reformation theologian John Calvin saw in those words enough sovereignty in God's action to begin speaking of salvation by election 
a doctrine of predestination. God chooses, we do not. What does it mean to be chosen? On this Easter Sunday, the word has new meaning. I told you last week that every time I open the Bible, I find something new. I have read Peter's speech recorded in Acts 10 many times, but I've never heard the word until this week. If you want a one-paragraph summary of the story of Jesus, the message that is the heart of Christian faith, you can't do any better than Acts chapter 10. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He went about doing good. We're all witnesses of all that he did. Then they put him to death, and God raised him on the third day. There's the whole story. Now, here's the interesting thing, though. Peter testifies that God raised him on the third day and allowed Jesus to appear, but not to all people. Peter says God allowed him to appear to us who were chosen by God as witnesses. Now, we could talk about this literal story. To whom did Jesus literally appear, and what does that mean? Who gets included on that guest list of appearances and why? Did Jesus appear to the most faithful, you know, as a mark of pride? Or did he appear to those who needed to see it most, which might mean those whose faith was the weakest, those who needed some kind of sensational sign? How did God do this choosing? Yeah, we could have a lot of conversation about what that means if the importance of this text is just what it meant 2,000 years ago. But I don't think the importance of any text is just what it meant in the past. If Scripture is, in fact, a living word, what's important is what this word means for us today. On this Easter Sunday, if not before today, at least today, you have been chosen. You are witnesses to Easter joy right here, right now. Now, I, for one, count it as a deep privilege to have been a child of the church, to have been raised, as the old Baptist Walter, Walter Rauschenbusch once said, without a need for conversion, raised knowing nothing other than the Christian faith. I have been a witness to the beauty of this story and what it can do for people, individuals, a community of faith for the world. I have been a witness all my life. I count that a privilege indeed. Being part of a community of Christian faith, being a participant, is to be a witness to resurrection. When our caring church community teams reach out to our oldest members, taking meals, providing rides to the doctor, emptying a 60-year-old house to help the owner pack and move, when they celebrate birthdays together, you are witnesses to life, new life, resurrection. When volunteers show up at Marie G. Davis Middle School to unload and organize thousands of books, new books that are gifts to school children who might otherwise never hold an unopened book, when you see the sparkle in their eyes, it's life. New life 
resurrection. When we provide food and shelter, a warm bed for weary bodies on cold nights, nights that would be even more weary and frightfully cold on the street, life, new life, resurrection. We have been chosen. It's been my privilege to see it for a lifetime. We are all witnesses, if only today, witnesses to the joy and the beauty, to the life that can come only through a community that worships together, through the fellowship of the gathering in the same place, through singing time-honored hymns, through hearing some of the praise choruses of the 18th century, that's what our choir just sang, one of Bach's praise choruses, hearing that and soaring in the timeless beauty of that music, when we come together and share the words of the ancient Israelites and know that the emotions that are at the heart of the human experience, including this urge to find some way to give thanks, worship, Worship joins us to people in all places and all times. Through a religious tradition that is specifically ours, Christian worship joins us to the heart of the world. Life, new life, resurrection. We are witnesses today. Now, many churches gather today to celebrate something that happened in a dark tomb two millennia removed from our experience. They will tell of the greatest of all miracles. They will sing. In some cases, they'll jump and they'll shout. They will praise the past. And we're not even reading that story today. Now, if you happen to be in this Christian church on April 17th, 2022, and you do not know the story of the resurrection of Jesus, it's printed on the cover of our bulletin for you. Please read it. We're not going to read it today, not because it's not important, but because no fact of the past, whether you consider the resurrection of Jesus a fact of history or just a fact of doctrinal affirmation, no fact of the past can really change anything until you make it a fact of your own living, a factor of your own reality. Is this day important because resurrection was real one time or because resurrection is just real? Because this is some miracle of God that God did once, or because this is the work of God in every age, bringing order out of chaos, bringing light out of darkness, bringing life where there is no possibility of life at all. Resurrection is real, and God has chosen us as witnesses. There has never been a more important time for a church like ours to be the witnesses to all that is true and good and right about the Jesus story, the tradition that is issued from that story for 20 centuries. Yes, I know there's a lot wrong in Christian history. In, in, in all actuality, there's a lot wrong in all of human history, if you want to be honest about it. 
But there's even more that's been right about the Christian witness, and the world needs to hear that witness today. Not narrow and judgmental doctrines, not condemnation, not our petty loyalties. The world needs to hear the witness of those of us who have been chosen to see it, up close and personal. The spirit of life, the Jesus of justice, the God of every good love, we have been chosen. Jesus said, from everyone to whom much has been given, much will be required. And from one to whom much has been entrusted, even more will be demanded. As we reminded Haley and Clark two weeks ago when we tied that knot of marriage based on a choosing they had made, we said it's not today that's important. You have chosen each other. That's just the beginning. Tomorrow you're going to have to choose again, and the next day choose again, and the next day choose again. It's not just a privilege, it's a responsibility. We have been given much. You and I have been given much. To us, much has been entrusted. What a privilege. But for resurrection to be real in the world, a fact that actually matters, we're going to have to live up to our responsibility. May it be so. Amen.